0: This is Tom Vargelletis with the Full-Time Real Estate Photographer Podcast. And today we've got an interview with Dave up in Alaska. Dave is a listener of the podcast. He reached out to me over Instagram. And if you wanted to hang around till the end, I'll explain how you can reach me too. Dave had a few questions that we get to talk about, but we get to talk about so much more. Dave is actually running a Booming real estate photography business up in Anchorage. He has 11 team members. He has hundreds of photo shoots a month. And we just had this really interesting conversation about working with a team, employees, some business practices. And towards the end, he had another question specifically about coaching. And in previous episodes, I've mentioned it before. In this one, we actually go pretty deep on coaching. We go into exactly what coaching means when someone decides to work with me. I really hope you enjoy this episode. I know I did, and we covered so much information. And without further ado, let's hear it from Dave.
1: My name is Dave Davis. I am up in Alaska. I've been doing real estate photography since 2010. This is my full-time thing. I run a team of photographers and
0: You've been doing it since 2010. What what got you into real estate photography? Have, have you always been doing photography in general or was that a new thing to you in 2010?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I um I started out doing photography back in about 2001. I was doing a lot of portraits, weddings, sports, just whatever I could to make money at it. My wife, when I got married, my wife told me I needed to get a real job. And I started going back to school. And in a job landed in my lap at Mm -hmm. a local kitchen store that sold high-end kitchen appliances. I worked there for about four years. They asked me if I would be willing to start photographing some of their kitchens. That just sparked the love. And I told my wife, I I said, I'm miserable in retail. I really want to get back into photography. And I really like photographing kitchens. Can we make this work? Let's, let's figure it out. Back in 2010, you know, real estate photography wasn't as big as it is now, especially up here in Alaska, there was only one guy doing it. And I looked at his work and I said, man. In I the could, whole
0: state I or could, in the city you're in?
1: the whole state, there was only one guy doing it. And I looked at his work and I was like, wow, I can I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I jumped in and I, I offered a different look. I was a lot more familiar with Flash and he was a purely HDR photographer. He still is uh, to this day. He's still my biggest competitor, but he's been around for a long time. And I offered Flash and it just took off. We just were off to the races.
0: Because you brought in it's like a incredible. whole new level of quality, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Our photos looked so much different than his. I mean, it was classic 2010 HDR, you know, (laughs)
0: um,
1: when I brought flash into the game, it, it really stood out in this market and I'm just forever grateful that I got that base. Our business has been pretty steady ever since.
0: Yeah, that's great. Are there other competing companies now? You mentioned that First Guy is still around, but is it just you two right now for the whole state or or what?
1: No, there's a lot more now. Seems like every time I turn around, I hear of another person trying to do real estate photography. It's like anywhere in the US, I think it's become very competitive. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to make a living doing photography. And this is one area that's fairly easy to get into, I guess. And mm-hmm. so, there's, I mean, actively in our market, there's a half dozen or so. You know, Alaska is a big state, but it's not a big population. Our entire population is less than a million and that's spread out over a you know gigantic space. And so, where I live in Anchorage, which is the main metropolitan, there's probably only a couple hundred thousand
0: <laughs> that's like a suburb so, out here.
1: It is, it is. So that's why I, you know, I feel really grateful to be doing as much as we do in this small of a market. Yeah, I feel that's very, great. Very blessed.
0: So at the beginning, there wasn't a ton in the way of competing real estate photography companies. Now that there are, what have you done to deal with the increase in competition? Has that changed the way you've done business, or changed? Have you had to change your pricing structure or anything like that? You know,
1: I guess my biggest thing was I went the team route, I I learned quickly that if you're not available, they will find somebody else. And I got to a point where I was like, okay, I personally can only do a handful a day, you know, probably three max for me and so I started building a team and I think that that's allowed me to continue to grow because whenever a client tries to book, they can always find a spot and that's allowed me to to grow. And I've, I've just, I don't know, I guess I've been around long enough that we've built a really good base. It, I don't remember when some of the first competitors started cropping up, but I had several years before they really started cropping up. So we were able to get a really good client base before they started coming in and 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 some of them have joined our team. Some of those competitors really? have joined our team and are working with us now. And others have left my team to go be competitors. And, yep, yep. you know, there's, there's enough to go around. Surprisingly, even in this small of a market, there's several guys that are doing this. And it's pretty neat.
0: Yeah. Even though you're in a relatively small by population area, there's still like real estate is being sold every single day. Do you know how many listings, new listings are going up each week? in your area?
1: You know, I had a feeling you were going to ask me a question like that. Uh-huh. I, I I, don't know exactly. I tried to figure that out. And when I ran the numbers, the best that I could do, the access that I could find, I think that we were about 20% of the market, which is, I think is still pretty good. There's a lot of potential if, if we're only doing 20%. We're doing a couple hundred shoots a month, roughly.
0: That's awesome. Yep that's what that's like 50 60 new listings a week more than that actually because you have your competitors taking them i wanted to take a quick look on mls out of pure curiosity new listings in the state of massachusetts as of today and these are new listings all different types single family condos multifamily land commercial business opportunities rentals mobile homes just under 600 for for the day 2869 for the week oh my
1: i wish i had that <laughs> i wish i had that much market oh i mean yeah, that opportunity i mean that's a huge opportunity it's
0: craziness but yeah that's the thing like uh, uh, you know a lot of people get worried about competition you know and they don't really know how to deal with that the fact is is that there's just so much opportunity out there competition doesn't really matter up to a certain point. I mean, if, if you have people that are trying to steal clients from you, that's that's a whole other problem. But just having other people in the marketplace doesn't mean that it's going to limit your ability to get started and run a good business.
1: Yeah. So. And I, I think competition is good because it puts a lot of pressure on those agents that aren't hiring it out because their photo quality is just so drastically different. The more people that are professionally doing photos, the more pressure it puts on everybody else. And on us to keep you know our quality up. in a way I like it, a lot of the guys that are up here, we're friendly we we know each other we we talk occasionally. there's very few that I don't know. That's awesome.
0: Let's go into what you actually reached out to me about. So you started listening to the podcast. Do you know when you because you actually sent me a message specifically talking about one of our episodes. Do you remember what like have you been current or was that the first one that you got into?
1: Um, I've been listening to it, I don't know, probably since August. It hasn't been. Very long. Okay. I don't even know how I stumbled across it, to be honest. I like listening to podcasts. And as you know, we're always driving and it's a great time to listen to stuff to grow the business. And it just kind of, you kind of struck a chord with me. I feel like we're probably very similar in our businesses. And so mm. that's kind of kept me listening. And then I wanted to ask that question about, you know, how you structured things and
0: Yeah, and we'll get into that in a second too, because you and I were chatting back and forth on Instagram. We'll go into that at least a little bit here for everyone else listening to the podcast. Just out of curiosity, besides your specific question, when you're listening to these episodes, are you using this information in your business at all?
1: I am some of it. A lot of it, surprisingly, has been, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm doing that. Oh yeah. (laughs) There, There have been a few things that you've brought up that I'm like, oh, I'm not doing that. Maybe I should do that. But a lot of it, I've been implementing, or I've already had been doing. I'm just thinking of a of a recent one I listened to where you talked about the online scheduling. You know, i I use an online scheduler as well. I've got a CRM customer management that I use, but you know, like gear management and a lot of the stuff that that you've been talking about. I I definitely have been doing a lot of that.
0: That's awesome. Do you provide all your equipment to your photographers? No, I don't.
1: All of my photographers come with their own equipment. A lot of them have come from owning their own businesses. Really? Yeah. At this point, we have six photographers besides myself. So, seven total, if counting me. Several of them did real estate photography before they joined my team. So, they came with equipment and knowledge and only one of them came from You know, from nothing. She had no experience in photography. She just had a passion for it, an interest. I saw potential. And she's a rock star. Our clients love her. She's incredible. And to be honest, that one, I believe if I think back, um, I did help her get some equipment, but I don't provide equipment for people. I think I just helped her. You don't. Interesting.
0: So do you ever have uh, issues with consistency if everyone's using their own stuff?
1: Um, Yeah, I do. And I think that's kind of the, I think that's one of the hardest things to deal with when you have a team. I mean, you've got Mm. multiple people looking at composition differently, lighting differently, You know, when you get to a point where you've got a high enough volume, you know, and you have an editor editing, you might have more than one editor sometimes. And it's so consistency is very tough. I have learned over the years, though, that in a lot of ways, my clients start to build like they start to pick their favorites. You know, they're like, DMD's got this team of seven photographers. I like these three, (laughs) you know, these are my three favorite. And so, they'll just book those. And and we do allow our online scheduling. I do allow my clients to choose the photographer.
0: So so what are you using to book your appointments online? I use Acuity. Acuity. Uh Okay,
1: man. If you saw the back end of my Acuity, it's it's kind of a a headache. It's I've got so many appointment types and (laughs) different calendars because we cover you know the the mileage we cover is I'd say probably a hundred. Yeah, it's a hundred miles plus. And so yeah. we have calendars for different locations and different times of days and stuff like that. So it's it's quite extensive there. But um, but Acuity will allow me to let the client choose. They can choose anybody if they want just the next available appointment or they can filter down to a specific photographer. And, and I find that a lot of my clients do that. They, they start to really like one specific photographer on the team. And that's just who they book.
0: Now that's a, that's an interesting and an efficient way of going about it. But I'm curious: Do you have some photographers that are not getting booked as frequently as others, and is that perhaps causing some, let's say, hurt feelings between them?
1: Possibly. I, I guess I haven't gotten any. <laughs> I haven't got any feedback from them saying that specifically, but. But I do notice that, that some photographers on my team are, are usually always booked. Yeah. And I think on the, when, when a client chooses any available, it's, it does go into a round robin and it does right. go based on however I might have set that up. Either it's alphabetical or, you know, I can say, you know, I book me first, then book. So, you know, my next photographer down the line. Right. Um, Right. And so when it goes that way, so it's, it's actually hard on my end to know if they chose a photographer or if it just went any available. It doesn't designate that to me. Oh, interesting. But I get the feedback yeah. from my clients that say, oh, I always I always book Liz on my team. Whoever it is. Yeah, they're like, I always book Liz, right. you know, I love Liz. I'm like, well, that's great, you know, and I'm I'm happy with that. I, I don't want it to be all about me for sure. I want it to be about our team in general, you know.
0: Yes, that's the way that you want it to be. If you have to be tied directly to every single deal, it's going to limit your capabilities. Absolutely. You're using Acuity for scheduling and... And it sounds pretty good. It sounds pretty similar to uh, my scheduling app. How about CRM? What are you using there? So I started
1: with this CRM back in the early days. And so if I was starting today, I don't know that I would necessarily choose this one. I'm using a, a CRM called Daylight D-A-Y-L-I-T-E. The weird thing about it is it's very specific to Mac. So you have to have iPhone, iPad. It's a Mac operating system. It does work in the cloud, which is awesome. So it'll, you know, I mean, in a sense, it works in the cloud, but I can't have an employee who doesn't have a Mac that's accessing it. Granted, not all my team accesses that CRM. It's mostly just the admin team. So as, as long as my admin team can can get into it, then I'm I'm fine. But I, I started using it so long ago, it's so hard to get out of it. I mean, I've got, you know, thousands of records in there and, you know, all of our history. It's just, it's really tough to get away. I've tried to get away a couple of yeah. times. And every time I do, I just, <laughs> I, I end up going back.
0: You're trapped. Yeah. It's really powerful, <laughs> though. It's,
1: it, it really is powerful. And I really... It's got a, a lot of features that I'm like, wow, if, I, you know, if only I used all of this. But, mm,
0: but being able to keep
1: track of clients and history and communication, it's amazing. You know, somebody calls our office and has a question. I mean, we can look up history from five, six, seven years ago instantly. And, and I, think that's, I think that's part of it that's kept us, you know, really competitive is being very easy to work with, professional, keeping good records. Stuff like
0: that. Yeah, that's super important. For anybody listening that doesn't know what a CRM is or what it's for, it's a software solution for managing all of the data that is associated with your contacts, setting reminders, keeping track of not just the the name, but also appointment information, keeping notes. Depending on how robust the software is, you can integrate it with other software as well, which is my next question. You're using Daylight. Are you using anything else? Are you using like a mail? Chimp for emails. Are you doing uh, any kind of analytics on your website mm-hmm. or anything like that?
1: So I, I do use Zapier. I've heard you talk about Zapier a little bit. Um, I know uh-huh. I was interested to hear you go deeper on Zapier at some point, but I, I do use Zapier, and it connects my Acuity to my Daylight, and um, and it connects to you know Mailchimp and um, Google spreadsheets and all of those things. So I do you know when a new appointment's booked you know that those details get moved over from the booking to the CRM and then it gets moved over to mm-hmm. you know our email marketing and then it gets moved over to um you know different spreadsheets and stuff for tracking and um
0: yeah it's awesome yeah zapier zapier's, yeah, zapier's it's, it's, pretty
1: powerful and pretty cool
0: yeah zapier zapier is great i i have um one of their whatever they have like a few different tiers tiered accounts i have like one of the, the the top the top highest tiers because i automate everything that i possibly can with it and we're doing it's the same same exact thing like you're talking about and th- this is important for um you know if you want to do email campaigns and track them and get analytics on like how long are, are people opening them are they clicking on them and then uh you know, using a software like Zapier, I also use it to put people on a MailChimp list. And then when they start as like uh, an inquiry, I, you know, they go on the one list where they're not current clients. And then once they they book an appointment, once we get a paid photo shoot from them, we use Zapier to take them off that list and then put them on the current uh, client's mailing list. Yes, it saves so much time. <laughs> To do that, I don't. I don't think I would actually bother doing any of that if I wasn't automating it. And the CRM really helps with that. So, do you find that using your CRM, using um, Daylight, is that helping you specifically, like to get more appointments or to stay better on top of customer service, or, or what do you feel like is the biggest value you're getting out of using that?
1: I think the biggest value right now for us is just staying professional and having good clean records, making sure that, you know, cause we've got lots of pipelines built, you know, and helping us make sure that things get delivered and things don't fall through the cracks. And, you know, I do use it a lot for different smart lists created. That'll tell me at a glance, I can say, show me any clients that haven't booked in the last 30 days. I can okay. easily see a list and I can communicate to that list. I can send them a mass text. I can call them. I can email them, whatever I want to do to say, hey.
0: Oh, excellent. I, what are you using to do your text messages? Is that within daylight or you using yeah, text magic or something?
1: There's some plugins that you can buy um, that plug into daylight that'll allow you to create templates that can go out. You have to push the button to make it go out, but you can, I haven't yeah. found a way to automate it yet. It'd be pretty incredible if I could figure out how to automate that, but I haven't quite got there yet. But that's very helpful for me too, to be able to quickly see who hasn't used me or to to pull up a quick list of show me all the new clients in the last year. And then I can easily see, you know, who's, who's new. Reach out to them. Yeah. We have a lot of keywords that we organize things. And, you know, I organize my photo shoots by, you know, if it's a portfolio shoot, (laughs) then Uh I've got a keyword and I can go back and be like, okay, give me all my portfolio. I can update my website or, you know, social media, like this would be a great, this would be a great Instagram photo shoot. You know, we're going to post later, you know, something like that.
0: Do you have things that you could, uh, upsell to your clients with?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And acuity when they, when they book, they have the option to add on, you know, drones, floor plans, matter ports, Mm -hmm. uh, we Mm -hmm. do video tours, websites,
0: Excellent. If you're doing Matterport, do you upsell the uh the three sixty photos? You know, I haven't yet. No, that's
1: that's not one I've gone with yet. You
0: know you could uh you could do a little promo video for it and you could sell those for like five bucks a piece if you wanted. That's a good idea. We only
1: have one Matterport <laughs> yeah. camera and we need to push that thing a little bit more. <laughs> it's we have certain clients that use it all the time, but
0: Yeah, some don't even want to try it. Yep. With Matterport, I'd say a good seventy-five to eighty percent of my clients are ordering virtual tours. And uh, with Matterport, I price it by the square foot and I have a really low minimum charge. So a lot of agents that would never use it, they're using it on like their really small listings that, you know, the Matterport scan takes half an hour to do. And then they like it or their sellers really like it. And then they use it every single time afterwards. So you could actually create a pricing model to turn your Matterport into like a gateway drug of uh, photography services.
1: There you go. Yeah. We're kind of doing a little bit of that with video right now. We're trying to really push video. And part of the reason is the Matterport, we only have one camera. And so if somebody books an appointment with the photographer that doesn't have the Matterport, then we got to send the Matterport over. It just, it gets, it gets (laughs) kind of difficult when you've only got one camera and seven people shuffling that versus using them video. Everybody can do video on our team. And so that, that makes it Mm -hmm. a little bit easier drone is the same problem you know we've got i've only got two drone pilots out of out of seven so
0: mm-hmm.
1: we have to sh- send a drone guy over you know so we might have two people on site but
0: but those those yeah i i do that all the time actually uh, i you know what i what i used to do when i only have one matterport camera now i have two and it's not as much of a problem i just put one person on matterport duty like that's all you're doing all day there you go you know and and then the same thing with drone usually i'll get a drone pilot and i'll be like that's all you're doing all day you're just doing the drone shoots you're going to come home and then upload them and then <laughs> that's that's it
1: That's a great idea, especially if you have the the volume that that would support that.
0: Yeah, with 200 a month. I bet you could uh, even call agents up and maybe collate drone shoots onto a single day. If you have 15, 20 drone shoots in the next five days, in the next week, you could probably take one day, call everybody, say, hey, could we just come and do the exteriors? Just the drone. We don't have to get in. Uh, Nobody has to be there as long as the yard is presentable. Mm -hmm. You could probably bang them all out pretty quickly. Yeah. But
1: yeah, those are great ideas.
0: Let's actually get on into the question that you sent me on Instagram. You mentioned your team. You mentioned um, that you have everyone working as what you said, employees versus uh, independent contractors. Could you expand on that question a little bit and go into why it came up as an issue?
1: Yeah, so my CPA, I've changed accountants multiple times over the years, and my first accountant suggested that my photographers should be employees. So that's why we set them up originally as W2 employees. And I've done this now for ever since the beginning. So over the years, though, a lot of people have made comments about, well, they really should be independent contractors. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's come up a lot. And as I look, as I look deeper into the expense of having them categorized as an employee, it's pretty, it's it's pretty massive. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, we're talking, you know, it's, it's, it's huge. It's a huge expense to have them Mm -hmm. as an employee. And when I look at, when I look at the way that we run our business, we don't treat them like employees, you know, everyone is pretty much acting in an independent contractor way. Um, mm-hmm. and so I'm just trying to figure out, are they independent contractors or are they employees? So when you said that your team was independent contractor, that's what sparked the question. I said, Oh, how did you, you know, okay. where did, where did that, how did you get to that point? Um, cause I'm, I'm trying to figure that out for my own business.
0: Now, let me ask you. So that first accountant that says you should hire them on as employees, did that accountant do your payroll? No. No. He didn't do payroll or, or, or... No, just taxes. Payroll checks or anything? Interesting. Accountants are really valuable. But when you ask an accountant about business decisions, you're asking a fox to count your chickens, <laughs> however that old saying goes. He's going to find, because you know, he's running a business, a business service, and he's going to find every possible thing that would benefit you, but also benefit him. Um, a lot of accountants are not going to take the extra time, and some of them will, but to really figure out how do we minimize your tax liability and your accountant expenses. Because if you're filing, you know all these taxes with everybody, and 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 he's doing the math on that. He's bi- those are all billable hours for your accountant. Yep. When you're going to, and that's another. Actually, there's an important implication there. When you're getting uh, legal advice or accounting and tax advice, you can rely on others to a certain point. But at the end of the day, in business, you have to really rely on yourself. And so one of the ways that I made the decision when it comes to, you know, am I going to hire people on a W two or on a uh, 1099? I did talk to an accountant. I talked to an attorney. I did a lot of research, and I talked to other business owners. And then I was like, "Well, you know, this. On the one hand, you want to do it for these reasons, and on the other hand, you don't. For this business, I agree with you. Your photographers behave as independent contractors, and that's what they are. You know, they're getting paid per job or per hour while they're on the job, and uh, it's just a matter of setting up the independent contractor agreement, setting up a payment agreement, and then just sending off." the cash to them not withholding anything i do sit people down and give them a little financial counseling session with here is your income and then here's how you deduct your taxes here's some neat applications you can use that are pretty cheap to file your taxes and to track your expenses and everything it's all on you good luck (laughs) and then i just send them to work you could change that but then you have you'd have to consider um You've been doing it so long this particular way. Everyone's been on the W-2. You could just switch it all over this week if you wanted to redo all the paperwork and change the accounting. But you'd have to really consider the implications of that change and how it would affect your photographers. Because ideally, you want to keep them happy and you want to keep them paid a fair rate, whatever that is for their work. So if you're going to make this kind of a change, you would want to do it in a way, and or at least spin it in a way that's going to be perceived as really positive for them. One of them is that as an independent contractor, you can save a ton of money on taxes. W-2 employees, that takes up like a majority of the workforce in this country, but W2 employees pay the highest rates in taxes. You don't have to be an entrepreneur or a business owner for too long to realize that. I would take a look at what the, if you know exactly what the number is, you don't have to say it, but you know, you can keep that number in your mind and ask yourself, who do I want to spend that money on? Do I want to give it to me? Do I want to give it to the government? Or do I want to give it to my photographers because they're doing the work and maybe I could pay them a little bit more and save money and you know, then it's a win-win for everybody. But I would totally, I would totally do that you want to pay as little taxes as you can in business.
1: Yeah. I actually, um, the, the saying that you said about the Fox and the hens and stuff, I, at one point I was like, you know, I want to know, I've I've been scared to make the change and have it flag some kind of an audit or something and be like, well, wait a minute. Why is this company now no longer doing W2? It's all 1099. Um, so I reached out to the department of labor here in Alaska and, which is maybe a good thing maybe a bad thing but of course they told me <laughs> of course they told me that no no they're employees they're employees because that's their revenue i mean you know they, the state gets money right. from from them being employees so you know, yeah. and and their reasoning because yeah, you're
0: withholding all the taxes <laughs> Yeah the reason And when you give them all the money and have them withhold the taxes suddenly the government is not getting as much money as they were before Yep
1: Yeah because not only are my withholding my employees um, so let's say an employee makes, you know, $2,000 and I withhold for their federal taxes, let's say 200 bucks. I, as an employer mm. have to match that as well, or it's not an exact match, but, you know, I'm withholding 200 from their paycheck, but then I'm also paying an additional 200, um, right. you know, out of, your out of my own. And so that, that expense gets really high, but But they said that the reason that they felt that they were an employee is because our sole business is providing real estate photography and that's what they're doing. And the other reason is, is because for some of them, this is all they do. All they do is work Mm -hmm. for us and therefore they're an employee because they're not out doing it for other people too. Now, granted, the majority of my team is, is, like I said, our photographers Outside of this as well, they're wedding photographers, um, they're yeah. you know portrait photographers, a couple of my photographers that were competitors. I have an agreement with them that they could keep their existing clients um, but they can't
0: oh, that's generous but
1: they can't they can't go out and pursue new clients they could keep their existing ones so they're still doing you know real estate photography under their old yeah. brand so that's why i'm like ah, really these guys are independent contractors they buy their own
0: yeah they totally they yeah, they buy their own they gear
1: are. they work from home we don't have team meetings i mean you know they they it it just seems like it's a no brainer except the fact that i've been categorizing them as w2 for 7 8 years you know for some of them so mm.
0: You, like I said, like like you could you could make it work either way, and the Department of Labor and 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 you know government agencies and, and IRS, especially the IRS, they're gonna say, yeah, no, no, they're employees. Make sure you pay all the taxes. But you know, as photographers, you can go out and get a photography gig anywhere. And if you choose not to, if you choose to work with one specific business, most of the, mostly or or exclusively, um, that doesn't mean that you have to be. A, a W-2 employee with all the benefits and everything and, and the, the tax liabilities that go along with that. Uh, you, you just want to be clear with your employment agreements and with your accounting on that. But yeah, they don't have to be employees. Certainly not in my business. Everyone is a subcontractor. And if you're worried about audits, like if, you know, as long as you stay on top of your expenses, as long as you're not cheating on the taxes, you can get audited. You can get audited every year for the rest of your career, <laughs> um, but if everything's squared away, then you know you're going to have a zero balance, except the you know whatever the three hundred dollar auditing fee is. A lot of people, um, because it's such a large and complicated system, a lot of people are intimidated about taking a kind of a risk. Diving into a dark water, or really being an unfamiliar territory, because obviously, when it comes to like fraud, it can end in criminal charges um, and and potentially jail time. But that's the worst case scenario for like the worst people and people that are committing fraud. Um, if you even make a mistake in your accounting and you get audited, what the auditor does is they go through like a guy shows up at your office. Um, he's like, surprise, I'm with the IRS. Give me a couple months of statements for, for this year. Uh, they check it and against their records. And they're like, okay, that looks pretty good. And then give me a couple more months. And then they check it and they're like, uh, that looks pretty good too. And then you're done. <laughs> Audit's done and then they send you a bill. Um, if you're off, if you had underpaid, uh, and remember, they're not gonna check if you're overpaying. That's not what they're looking for. <laughs> if you've underpaid on your taxes, they co- they compute whatever that is and they send you a bill. And they're like, you have to pay it by the state or we're going to put a lien on you. Um, and then you just pay it if you're if you're off. But you know, if you stay on top of your accounting, it's fine. As long as you're conducting a legal business following the letter of the tax law, uh, you're you're fine even if you get audited. You know, a lot of people, it's it's scary, it's intimidating. I don't want to risk it, but it's not a risk worth not taking. It's it's I wouldn't even consider it to be a risk considering other uh, business activities that, that you might engage in. You know, switching over to subcontractors, I, w- I, would, I would do it. Um, if you've been doing it forever and you have a team, you, you probably shouldn't do it overnight. It's probably something you should get everybody on the same page with in advance of doing the change and explaining the situation. But you know, if you explain to them, be like, look guys, you're going to save thousands of dollars at the end of the year in what was being paid as taxable income. And then, yeah, you're going to have to cover a couple things yourself. And it's a little bit, little bit more work, but if you're going to save five grand, wouldn't you rather pay yourself $5,000 to do the extra, you know, 20 minutes of, of work, whatever it is at the end of the year?
1: Yeah. And, and most of them are doing it already because they are operating a business. I agree. I, yeah. They're I think... doing
0: it with their other business. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it is something that I I just need to to make happen. And I I have slowly talked to a couple guys on the team and brought it up and and both of them are like, "Oh yeah, no no big deal." You know, they're like, "I'm already I'm already running, you know, paying taxes and running a business." And and mm-hmm. one of the guys on my team said, "Yeah, the the money that gets deposited in my account goes into my business account anyway." You know, <laughs> he's like mm-hmm. it's
0: mm-hmm. so
1: I I think there's only one or two on my team that might have um, a, little a little bit little of problem. a little bit of an issue but i i think like you said it's obviously good to talk to them and work through that and i did i did recommend QuickBooks self-employed to to one of them i said this is a great app you can track everything oh yeah you it know? is great so yeah. cool i appreciate that
0: that's a good app yeah i'd do it i'd do it but yeah those people that that might be on the fence, or might not be okay with it. You can explain all the benefits. Um, I would give them the option to to change if properly educated on the benefits of being a, a subcontractor. You know, a self employed person versus a employee. Uh, they would probably voluntarily do it. And if they still were like, no, no, I don't want to do it, you know, if you could get four or five people to switch to subcontractors, but give the the last two the option of staying on as employees, that'd still save you a ton of money. Yeah,
1: I agree. I do agree with that.
0: That's just a communication issue at this point. I'd, I'd get everybody on the same page and then uh, and then just do it. It's so worth it. Cool. Dave, there was another part to your question, unrelated to employees or, or subcontractors or anything like that. Um, you did want to ask about coaching. I've mentioned it in Some podcast episodes, and I was curious what your thoughts were on that. Whereas you 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 said, "Yeah, we could talk about it." Was that a general question, or did you have something specifically in mind that you really would want to use coaching for?
1: You know, over the years, um, I've gone down a couple different coaching paths. I was thinking. My question was, I wanted to know more about your specific program. I've um, Mm -hmm. in the past, I've uh i used a coaching company they were actually specific to realtors and so i thought oh, you know maybe this might be a good place to get some oh, coaching. Oh, really who was it um uh no i just lost the name of it brian
0: was it one of the one of the fairies buffini oh, buffini. buffini
1: yeah it was buffini and company i hired them to do coaching um and it, it worked okay <laughs> Um, I ultimately ended up leaving and deciding I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pay this expense. Um, Mm. and then, um, I don't know how much time lapsed. And then I reached out to another photographer. Um, I won't say his name, but I reached out to another photographer that offered coaching as well. And I just didn't, I don't know. I just wasn't getting the value out of it that I wanted, I guess. So when I heard that you offered coaching, I, I listen to what you say and, and the things that you're doing. And I'm like, you know, we're, we're very similar in our businesses. And I thought maybe that would be a good fit.
0: Maybe that's the ticket.
1: Yep. I'm just looking for, um, accountability and ideas and things that I haven't thought about. And, but mostly an accountability thing, you know, to keep me, keep me on task and, and on target and just keep me moving forward. And so I wanted to know more. I wanted to know more of what that looked like for you.
0: We can definitely get into that. But when you said you left two coaching programs, was it both of them? You just didn't feel like you were getting the value out of it each time?
1: Yes and no. It could have been just seasons of my life and what was going on in life at the time where I see, you know, and the, the cost, you know, was, was kind of high for, yeah. you know, at that time. The one coach that I had, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, we weren't jiving well, I guess. And so it just wasn't really going anywhere. And it's hard to pinpoint an exact reason why I stopped, but for whatever reason, I just, I just felt like it wasn't really worth what I was spending.
0: Not one single thing, but it was maybe a, a penumbra of personal issues and coaching issues. It's good that you tried them out, I think, because coaching. So, so I've been through coaching programs as well, specifically real estate. I was in a Mike Ferry coaching program. I did the Brian Buffini Peak Producers program. Um, I get a lot of stuff still to this day from Tom Ferry. I also had a business coach. I did a Bob Proctor program. Coaching has always been a big part of my life. And it's better to get involved in one and try it out because it can give you such incredible benefits in your business. But you're right to not stick with it if you're not really clicking or, or getting the. The value out of it because that relationship with a coach is so important. Uh, you really need it to be fully like satisfying in your business. Otherwise, it just drains money out of your accounts and it's not doing anything for you. So, <laughs> yep, I had a similar experience with a, with a couple coaches where you're like, well, not really getting anything out of this. Let's talk about how I like to do coaching. So like I said, I've, I've been through a lot of coaching programs and there's some things that I do that was done with me and, and I found that really worked well. And then there's some a little, let's say, special twists that I like to do on top of it. So typically your coaching program is just going to be accountability and it's just going to be, you know, like tidbits, maybe video training, maybe some printouts or worksheets. I like to do weekly calls, one hour a week, every week, it doesn't have to be the exact same hour of the same exact day, uh, whatever the best mutual available time is to go over whatever kind of issues we're dealing with in business or just to kind of reinforce lessons or topics from previous coaching calls. In addition to that, beyond one hour of dedicated FaceTime, And I like to do video calls. I like to do FaceTime or Google Hangouts or something. And I like to try and record them and post them in a place where you can access them pretty easily to to review information. But on top of that, I also like to do a little extra legwork with you. So let's say you start coaching next week and then we're talking about how are we going to get all of our employees over to independent contractors and move on with our business. Well, we'd both be doing a little bit of research on that and I'd be assisting you in getting the information, coming up with a plan, what you would say, if you're not sure how to approach uh, your staff with it, like, what should I say? What should I do? But like, what if they react kind of negatively? And we talk about that, devise a plan to deal with it, and then follow up, even if it's sooner than the uh, next week. So let's say you do a coaching call tomorrow night, and then you're going to make your contractor switch on Monday morning, I'd be calling you Monday afternoon to see how it went. So you do get a little extra one-on-one time with me. I also like to do what I call a business intensive. The first probably three or four coaching calls is just going to be on taking notes and kind of breaking down every little piece of your business, where all your income is coming from, all your services that you're offering, all the services that you are using as far as paid services, company payroll, everything, looking at all of your numbers, all the data, trying to find where can we do what every goal of every business is, is to increase profits by uh, bringing up your income, lowering your expenses. And then looking at each thing and one at a time, uh, because it can be super overwhelming, but one at a time, let's start here. What's going to be the path of least resistance on this? Or what maybe we have time constraints on, or things that we should get done before others, and then just work on them and get them all done. Uh, That's the whole point of the coaching program is to build your business and to build it faster, to create a system that's not going to soak up so much of your time. That's another thing you could say, well, I could do these things and then I'm going to make more money, but then I'm never going to go on vacation again. I'm never going to sleep more than a couple hours a night. Yeah, I could do all this, but I'm going to go crazy pulling my hair out. Well, we want to also look at ways of implementing a system that won't require as much personal time of your own personal time. A system that you will still manage and be in charge of, but uh, where you could just take a day off and not have to worry about it or a weekend. You mentioned actually on your Instagram message, Dave, that your daughter, you're picking her up from the airport. Is that right?
1: She plays volleyball for her high school team and they had gone to a game that, they went to Kodiak, which is uh, the only way to get to Kodiak is by plane. So she Oh, really? Yeah, so she was <laughs> flying in from a volleyball tournament.
0: Wow, that's awesome. So I mean, you know, ideally we'd want our businesses to be in a situation where you're flying with her to the volleyball tournament if you wanted to and not having to stay back <laughs> cuz you had to do work. You understand what I mean? Totally. Uh, and, and yeah, the- I get it. I like to think of myself as, as a pretty productive individual, but also at heart, I'm, I'm a very lazy person. <laughs> I don't want to be working all day, every day. Although I often do, I want to build systems in my own business like hiring an admin to help manage appointments and to help stay on top and track everybody and to outsource that work overseas to really competent individuals who are making great money for where they live. But the cost is so low for me, it just doesn't make sense to not do it. And it frees up so much time. It's just crazy. And, you know, that's the kind of system that I think all entrepreneurs should want to build in their business. And I focus on that a lot in coaching to not just get you working on your business to make it better, but to do that in less time, less hours actually working on the job. So you can focus on passion projects or, you know, some people just love to work and that's fine but imagine being able to show up and do work at the office, but you don't actually have to be there if you didn't want to. Absolutely. That's something that I love doing. Yep, Going into the office in the middle of the week for no other reason than I feel like it. <laughs> I and mean, that's that's a really short version of what we like to do in coaching. It's a lot of personal time with me. I mean, it is a lot of work, so something to consider, And and you would know this personally now because you've gone through two coaching programs, but are you a coachable individual that's the subject of the first call. Once we set these plans in motion, are you going to actually do them? What do we need to do or or put in place here to make sure that that happens? Is that going to be um, text message reminders, phone calls, emails? Is that going to be like, well, you know, I like talking about these things, but I might get to it, I might not, I don't know. If that's the case, you know, coaching might not be the best the best thing for you, at least not in that way. Um, you mentioned accountability. Do you find that you tend to stay on top of task more often when you have someone checking in and collaborating with you on progress and making sure things are happening?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Return and report, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, we're, you know, we're in a business that, you know, in my, in my shoes and I'm imagining in yours as well, you know, it's just me. I mean, I can go talk to my wife and, whatnot, but you know, I don't have anybody else to bounce ideas off of or to say, hey, Mm -hmm. have you tried this? Have you tried that? What about this? You know, and that's that's what I've loved so much about these podcasts. And I'm not as good at the Facebook groups and things like that. I'm not as good at posting Mm and but but having that, you know, somebody to keep you moving forward and, you know, bouncing ideas off of and holding you accountable to, to what you say you're going to do.
0: Yeah, and you bring up a good point. So that's the power of the mastermind. So when different minds come together to bounce ideas off of each other, you're masterminding. It helps you not just stay engaged with the information and, and the things and the projects you're working on. It also helps you stay excited about what you're doing. And that's so important in business. How many times throughout the course of a day do you get calls of customer service issues, complaints? Does that happen often? The
1: customer service side? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean every yeah. every day, you know, you're dealing with something.
0: How do you feel afterwards when if you if you get a bad call and someone's complaining and I my photos are terrible and I can't believe it? How productive are you for the rest of the day? <laughs> it, it,
1: it takes the wind out of the sails for sure.
0: <laughs> yes. You know, that happens. To everybody, I've come up with a secret weapon to deal with this. Dave, are you ready? <laughs> After a bad call, I have a good call on purpose. I call someone that I that I know really likes me. That, that I call someone that, in their eyes, I can do no wrong, and I have a nice conversation, chit chat with them. And if I'm still not feeling great about what happened earlier, I'll go and I'll just I'll, I'll just take a few minutes to do something for myself before I get back into the swing of things. Sometimes I'll call. Um, you know, a really a good friend of mine, I have another friend, a different type of business, but also in business, you know, we'll get on the phone, we'll laugh and like, Oh, can you believe this? And then usually that helps me get right back on track. And that'll probably help you too. If you get a bad call, you could probably fix it with a good call because most people's reaction is to kind of internalize it and think like, Oh God damn, I can't believe that happened. Like, how can I fix this? Or, or just not wanting to have to deal with it at all, which is so common. But if you can bounce back quickly, you can save that whole day. <laughs> you can save those hours afterwards of just wondering why you ever got into business in the first place. <laughs> Love it. Perfect. I'm going to do it. Yeah, because you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. In business, you always have that moment You're you, you, where you're just like, God, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's so common. I mean that's just a natural reaction to to a stressful situation. Where there's no real resolution, even if you fix the problem and send it back out, there's still like the the ringing in your ears almost of a kind of a negative experience. And even if it was slight, it does affect your productivity.
1: I agree with that. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that <laughs> next time I get a call. I'm gonna call someone who can cheer me up.
0: Yeah, do it, do it. I I do that several times a day (laughs) because you know there's sometimes you sometimes you get those clients that you you really can't please them and you take the business because you know at the end of the day well they're not that bad and it's good to keep the business rolling but then you get those stressful calls if you find a really good uh uh, way to deal with that then you know you won't be dreading like oh god what's this about now when you see that caller id pop up (laughs) (laughs) you know should i pick it up uh i'll put it send them to voicemail listen to the voicemail later you know that whole thing kicking a kicking the can down the road it doesn't solve any problems (laughs) (laughs) so that's coaching dave after the call uh let me i'll get your email i'll send you some more stuff about it we can chat more offline okay with that said do you like does, does that answer your questions about the coaching in general
1: yeah it does and you know i know there's a lot of coaches out there that you know focus more on the business side there's other coaches that focus you know more on the the art side you know the photography mm. um so i kind of wanted to get a feel for where you're at i feel personally that i'm looking and more interested in the business side of things how to grow how to mm. you know how to how to do these things more so than on the creative side you know how to light a house how to how to edit you know things like that i don't right I mean, I don't want to say I don't need, <laughs> I don't need to continue to grow there, but I, it's not my focus at the moment.
0: Yeah, I understand. Probably, as you picked up from just listening to the podcast, a lot of what I focus on is the business side mm-hmm. of the business. Because yep. you know, at the end of the day, there's already some great free tutorials, information on how to actually take some amazing real estate photography. And, and there's a lot of great information out there for the art, Uh, That anyone can access. And we can certainly get into that if that's just, you know, the subject of the day something that we wanted to focus on when it comes to taking the actual photo. The, the business is the most important for me because even if you can take a mediocre photo, and a mediocre photo is at least what you need to be able to take. If, you, if your photos are just terrible, well, you know, we've got a little more work to do. If your photos are pretty good to great, you can run a business and have a business. Uh, and a lot of people have this misconception like they have to be the best photographer ever. And it's just not true. If you're a good salesman, you can get clients. Now, are they going to come back? <laughs> uh, that depends on the quality of the work and the quality of the service. So it doesn't matter how good of a phot- photographer you get. Like you could take the best quality images ever, but never figure out how to make money doing it. As long as your photos are, are good enough and you've got paying clients and people are happy with your work, uh, I'm okay with that. Um, actually, what we might talk about like during photo shoots, are little things that are going to help you save time. Like, uh, for example, how are you handling your flash? Are you shooting with off camera flash? Right? I am. Yep. What, what flash unit are you using? I'm using speed
1: lights and I'm, I am okay. still, I don't know. I'm like the original Scott Hargis method, I guess. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing a lot of multiple flashes. So I carry, um, most of the photos I take have four or five lights in them. Um, So I'm trying to get as much done in camera as I can and not doing a lot of, you know, in Photoshop later. Yeah. Yep. I've kind of, you know, I'm kind of stuck in my ways, I guess, in in a lot of that. (laughs) I've been doing that since the beginning and I've just, that's what I'm comfortable with. That's what's produced for me over the years. And my team is actually kind of a a little bit spread out in that. Some of them are using Mm -hmm. lots of lights and some of them are using just one and doing you know, mm-hmm. so we, we've kind of got a little bit of a
0: spread. Interesting. Do you ever take out an assistant to help you with moving the lights and setting them them up?
1: Um, no, occasionally my kids will say, dad, I want to come to work with you and I'll, I'll make, <laughs> I'll make them be a light stand for a day and, and, uh, make them run around and hold lights. But, but no, I've, I've pretty much just do it on my own.
0: Okay. Interesting. You're doing a lot of photo shoots each day. Would it make sense to double up to take two photographers working together to to knock out more than, you know, say one photographer can do three shoots in a day, but two people together could probably do seven. If they worked well together as a team, obviously there's some kinks that have to be worked out before you'd really see incredible results. But have you ever tried that?
1: No, I haven't. We've we've gotten pretty quick though. I mean, we most of our photo yeah. shoots are under an hour. For me, I mean, I can, I can do most shoots in under an hour. If it takes me an hour, it's because I'm talking too much to the homeowner and, or, <laughs> yeah. you know, the realtor. You know, I'm, I'm taking my time and just kind of enjoying the moment, but we're pretty, I feel like we're pretty efficient. We get in and out pretty quick. I've never thought about doing a double, in, mm. unless it's like drone or. You know, we did have a video person for a little while. Those things we would double up on, but not on the photo side.
0: Not on the actual shoot. So the reason why I bring it up, that's something that I do occasionally. Occasionally, I'll get my photographer. I'll be like, look, um, you and I are both going to do, we have a couple overlapping appointments. We're going to both do them together. In an hour and change, we will do drone full photo shoot on, you know, two or three stories. Uh, and a Matterport scan.
1: There you go.
0: Yeah, I, I, I guess I've always worried can, that I'd
1: be fumbling over each other, or you're in my photo, you're in my, you know. It'd be interesting to oh, see d- that. D- it
0: totally happens. Yeah, totally <laughs> happens. If that happens, but you know, it it's it you work that out of, uh, with um you know a lot focusing a lot on communication and and actual practice. So your first you know five or six shoots like that are not going to be faster. They're going to be slower. Uh, but you know as Once you get used to working as a team, so we'll do something like, um, all right, we're going to start outside with the drone. You get inside, start with the Matterport, and then you start in the basement. And then once you're done on the basement, get onto the first floor, I'm going to head inside. I'm going to do the basement. Or sometimes I'll have them start like with the Matterport, do the basement or the first floor, and then stop at the staircase and go right up to the top floor. So then I can start in the middle. When you're done up, on the top floor, you can go into the middle floor, and then I'll go up top behind you. And there's a way to kind of stagger it. Um, As you get through the different property types, you'll see what's the most efficient way to do it. But yeah, like you could have multiple people working as fast as they can in the same uh, house, you you get the job done so much faster. And you know, it's it's gonna depend on your workflow on what makes sense for your business. But you know, for the right, like if you get a, a listing that's, they're like, we wanna do everything. We want Twilight, we want drone, we want video. Uh, and you're thinking, Oh God, I have to clear out four hours to do that. Well, with a, with a team that works well together, it's, it's not going to be just anybody working with anybody, but a team that works well together, you can knock out a huge project in the same amount of time as a small project by yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we have done that occasionally, um, you know, where we split up um, like large, you know, really large, like, Oh, we got a 10,000 square foot house. Let's, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to have you do the Matterport. I'm going to do the photo and someone else is going to do this. And and that has been very helpful because by the time you're done doing all of that yourself, it's kind of, it takes it's, it's exhausting. It's, it, you <laughs> it's, know, your brain yes, hurts by the time you're done and <laughs> you're like, okay, my brain is done. I can't, I can't keep doing this. So yeah, I, I think that's yeah. a good idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I remember, yeah, the first time that happened to me, I, it was a 7,000 square foot house. Uh, it was a big, beautiful equestrian estate. I'm like, Oh, I could totally do it on my own. And then I'm working and I'm working and I'm not even done. And it's like 9 PM. Still got to get home and edit. (sighs) That's, it's not worth it. There's the, there's so much, there's a better way to do that. And uh, yeah, the the teamwork Well, when you have a team, not everyone has that benefit of having a team, but teamwork is so important.
1: Editing was the first thing I took off my plate. I got, I got rid of editing years and years and years ago.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I,
1: I Because I recognized I could do a lot more photo shoots if I didn't have to come back and spend hours, you
0: know, and do the the editing.
1: And so, that was the first thing to go.
0: That's great. Do you have an in-house editor or are you outsourcing that overseas?
1: So, um, (laughs) there's a whole other podcast on that. I actually created um, a photo editing company um, overseas many years ago. And uh, I am no longer associated with that company. i no longer... Um. I actually sad. Did you sell it? Um. I. I. I basically. Um. I had a partner. I had a business partner, and um. I walked away and said, you know, I'm. I'm. I can't do both anymore. So you can you can take over. Interesting. I I actually walked away with with not a whole lot, which was kind of foolish. I probably should have held on to a little bit. But anyway, so um, I went down that path with with them for years and years, and then I recently mm-hmm. hired a family member of mine to do editing, and so I do a combination. I have a slightly in-house editor. They're not in-house in that they're they're not even in Alaska, but they're in the U.S.
0: Yeah. Um, okay doing editing you can do it from anywhere correct
1: yeah so she's she's doing editing for me and then i've also got an outsourced um overseas um doing the rest Mm -hmm. of the editing
0: are you doing virtual staging
1: Uh uh-huh yeah we do a little bit of that we don't do very much of that we just do a little bit it doesn't yeah it doesn't come up very often people don't ask for it i to be honest i don't really advertise it very strongly either it needs to be Mm -hmm. that's another thing that i could i could do a better job of selling you know i don't I don't sell it.
0: so Yeah, that would be a matter of of just training your photographers and, and yourself to, and practicing on, on bringing it up. Um, when you're at a photo shoot and you, you're looking at the house and the house is vacant or mostly vacant or the furniture is kind of sad, that's the time to sell it. When the agent's there kind of looking at it and you're looking at it through the camera lens and you're just like, ah, you know, have you ever thought about virtual staging? Could I send you some samples? I think it would really help with this listing. You're gonna a ton of people are gonna say, Oh yeah, no, definitely let's do that. I didn't know you could do that. When I mentioned upselling, not just uh when they book an appointment, but during the appointment and after the appointment are all opportunities to upsell yeah. as well. We
1: often upsell uh, Ariel. That's a Ariel's a big one we upsell a lot on. Mm. Um, you know, we get there and we're like, this just happened yesterday, actually. I showed up and I I really need to get my <laughs> FAA license, my own. I've got guys on my team that have the one oh seven, but But I personally don't, I really should, but I showed up to a shoot yesterday and it was a property that was going to be really difficult to get good exteriors because of the terrain. Right. And it sat up on a hill and it was really wooded and there was just nowhere for me to even get a pole, you know, like to do pole photography or something. It was, it was tough. And so I told the realtor right then, I said, Hey, this would be a great aerial house. And she's like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely you know, and, yep. and didn't even bat an eye. And I was like, okay, great. So I texted my aerial guy. I said, Hey, are you in the area? Can you be over here in the next hour? And he said, absolutely. And he was over there and we did aerials and away we went, you know?
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: And he does that all the do time. You, um, he he upsells aerials because he can just pull the drone out and do it, you know? Cause he's got it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 It's important. You might want to try and get everybody on your team to get that 107 layout Cause what are they flying? Are you got a, up- a uh, Phantom or a Mavic. So we have
1: um, what do we've got? We've got two Mavics, um, and then uh, one of the guys has an Inspire, but he doesn't throw that up for aer- for real estate very often.
0: Yeah, I don't know why he ever would. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be such a pain. Yeah, it, it, it <laughs> that thing is enormous. Yeah, it really is. I
1: I joke with him all the time. I'm like, why did you buy this? Man, no, that was. <laughs> but he wants to do different things with that. But but yeah, the Mavics work amazing. I mean, they fit in your camera bag. You just no brainer. I, yeah,
0: exactly. I've
1: just been really lazy and getting my license. I just, I need to, (laughs) I need to do it. I I need to stop dragging my feet, just get it done.
0: Well, once we get you into coaching, Dave, I think some accountability is going to help you with that. (laughs) That's
1: what I'm talking about. Among
0: other things.
1: (laughs) That's what I'm talking about.
0: Dave, is there, do you want to plug your Instagram or your, your, your business page or anything before we go? Yeah, absolutely. So we're just, um, the initials
1: are DMD, like Dave Michael Davis. <laughs> so, DMDrealestatePhotography.com um, is, our, is our website. Um, our Instagram is just DMD Real Estate Photography. And those are the best two places. I, I try to post a lot on Instagram. I'm not great at it, but I'm trying. And our, our website.
0: That's another thing you can outsource, by the way.
1: Yeah, that's, that is something that I've highly considered (laughs) because I'm not great at it.
0: If you have, uh, if you already have your editing being worked on and delivered over the cloud, if you already have an offsite editor, then your photos are already in the cloud. And if you tag them for like, oh, this might be a good Instagram post or not, you can find people uh, overseas for like four or five bucks an hour to go through every single day and just pull photos and post them for you
1: yeah i find that that using an app like i use tailwind um which is a scheduling Mm -hmm. app um that helps me a lot because i'll be i'll sit down i'll be like okay i'm gonna schedule out the next week and i'll just schedule i'll just boom 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 you know there's eight or nine instagram posts and then i'm done and then i'll go on, Mm. go on my way. And then a week later, I'll sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to schedule another week. Boom, 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 boom. Um, that helps Mm. me doing it every day. Um, I'm horrible at, but I'm, I'm pretty good at, you know, Hey, I've got some time. I'm going to do my scheduling
0: them out. Yep. That's helped do your schedules. Yeah. It's a good approach, man. Outsourcing. That's a whole other thing. Social media. I mean, you know, you reached out to me through Instagram and you probably, you know, occasionally I'll get a new client off of social media. I imagine you do too. Someone just saying, Hey, I loved your photos. I saw them, you know, and they call you or email you or message you through the platform. So it's a great way to build your business and to maintain brand awareness. And it doesn't have to take any of your time whatsoever. You can fully automate it. But yeah, that's a, that's a whole other conversation too. So Dave, uh, I want to thank you again. Thanks so much for taking this time today. Uh, I know it's kind of, in the middle of the week. It's probably getting busy for you up there as well um, as we get into the fall market. So I want to thank you again for getting on the call with me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was fun.
0: We've finally reached the end. I think this is going to be the longest podcast episode we have to date and we covered so much information. So if anybody is listening to this and they've got some questions. Maybe we didn't clarify a couple of topics, or maybe you've got a new idea here and you just wanted a little more information. You could always reach out to me. You can find me on Instagram at Tom Vargeletis, T-O-M-V-A-R-G-E-L-E-T-I-S. You could also email me tom at ftrephoto.com. I'll also leave links in the description. Dave got to plug some of his stuff. I'm going to leave links in the show notes as well. And I really hope that this episode was as interesting and informative for you as it was for me. I'm really happy and grateful for the opportunity to share this information with you guys. I'm so excited to be able to meet people from around the country to share this information and to talk to people from around the world who are also getting into real estate photography, working on growing their business, and to be able to help be a part of that. It's just a really great feeling. So really thankful for you, Dave, and reaching out to me. So glad that we could have this conversation. And I look forward to hearing from you, the listener, as well. Questions, comments, feedback on the podcast, always going to be appreciated. If you are looking for more content than just the podcast, you can reach out to me and ask about coaching just in the same manner that Dave has. You could also check out the book, The Full-Time Real Estate Photographer Book. Uh, It's available on Amazon. I've provided a link in the show notes as well. Feel free to check it out and thanks so much for listening.